Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have mundane conversation about something that's just there, something that's just ordinary. We hope you will enjoy the episode, and we hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me in the studio today is a dear friend, Alex Trude. Welcome. Hi, Marco. Thanks for having me. Alex, I understand your mother's a fan of the show. She listens to the show. Yeah, so shout out to Nancy if she's listening right now. Thank you, Nancy, for supporting us. And Alex, you and I go way back because you were one of my students when I taught um, performance and improv and comedy in yeah. Brampton, Ontario. Yeah. Oh, there's my... <laughs> yeah, uh, going way back, jeez, uh, when I think I was around 13, I'm going to say, I started... At uh, uh, Christine Marchese's uh, studio in Brampton, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, end up learning improv from yourself uh, during my formative years, and basically the man I am now is all uh, due to you, Mark. You did end up <laughs> studying theater, which yes. is so wonderful, and yeah. uh, we've actually had the opportunity to work together now. And yeah, it's which so is lovely, really, which is really crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say? Yeah, just uh, it's cool using like you know all the techniques and whatnot that I've learned over the years and in the class together to uh, yeah actually work professionally. You know. Yeah, so great, and I hope to work professionally with you in the years to come as well. Something interesting that I just discovered is that you're a f- poker player and you enjoy playing poker. Yeah. How did you get into that? Uh, well, I guess like most people, my first game I just uh, played at a like family gathering with uh, Nancy uh, I think she was there but she wasn't playing I okay. think, at the time but it was yeah sort of on my dad's side extended family she's more of a pit boss yeah <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and then just over the years just got more and more interested followed you know more poker uh, YouTube channels watched you know the world series of poker got more interested to it along with my uh, in it along with my best friend and uh, we sort of like you know would talk about it a lot and 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 run ideas off each other okay. and whatnot. Yeah. So let me ask you this: What are some key things to know for the novice poker player? Hmm. Uh, that's that's a good question. Probably patience is probably the biggest aspect of the game. And what do you mean uh, by patience? Like patience in the sense waiting for to be dealt, or before you play, really examine the cards. What exactly do you mean by patience? Uh, I guess I mean 
usually it's what hands you play, like being patient to wait for the right hand and also the right spot to potentially make a lot of uh, money or chips in the hand. Uh, you know, some people get a little crazy the second they see, you know, two big cards like a king and a queen. Sure. And they put too much money in and when they just have a a pair of queens, they might put too much money in and, and not really wait for, you know, better hands that have a better opportunity of you winning. So it sounds to me like there's a strategy that a lot of players don't seem to focus on because of the excitement yeah. that the game also provides. Yeah, and they're itching to win that big pot, even if it's not, you know, the right time or really meant to be, and they're actually behind, potentially. Right. So if patience is one thing one should be looking out for, what's something else that you would recommend? Uh, Probably just accepting that, you know, uh, statistics and luck is a big factor, and there's only so much you can do. And when, you know, the one card in the deck that makes you lose comes up, uh, just to accept it and not get emotional the game. Like, that's probably the worst thing you can do is to get really... I guess that essentially goes back to, like gambling in general is sure. to try not to get too uh, invested or, uh, you know, um, committed to a certain hand and just be able to take the loss and, and move on to the off. next one. I yeah. see. And, and be confident in your own strategy is sound, let's say. And when you say statistics, how do you look at statistics when you're playing around a poker? Basically, I just look at calculating odds on the fly. That's essentially where the statistics come in. Um terms like, you know, return on investment and, uh, yeah, other statistical <laughs> terms that I'm blanking on. Fair <laughs> enough. The name of right now. But so, yeah. for example, if you have uh, two queens and a variety of number cards, yeah. what statistical thoughts are going through your head at this point? Uh, oh, so just what are the chances of my hand improving, like a queen coming mm-hmm. down and, and therefore giving me a, a set of queens. Uh, also, if there's, let's say, uh, some number cards like a four, five, six sure. on the board, then you're calculating, okay, what are the chances that a uh, a card that will make that four in a row come down and potentially give my opponent a straight, let's say, right? If, or, yeah, so if there's a four, five, six, and my opponent has a seven, you know, what are the chances of an eight or a um, three coming? So what would you do in that case? You have a four, five, six mixed red suit mm. and two queens in your hand uh well assuming that they're let's say they're two black queens yes for example uh that's probably a case where you'd want to bet fairly heavily because that board is like the three cards that are on the table uh are very dangerous for because someone could make a straight or a flush in I that see. case so you want to bet heavily when you have the better hand at the moment okay and and basically make someone not incentivized to call that bet and chase their draw essentially i see what do you mean by chase their draw i like that term uh yeah basically when they're trying to see the next two cards and trying to hit the the card that will make their straight or their flush and and that's something that a lot of poker players get really annoyed by is when they have the better hand and someone's chasing too much chasing the cards and you know sure. hitting that lucky card to uh, beat them in the end okay and I guess my next question is how important is 
this term which is often used when playing poker. How important is your poker face? Uh, That's probably one of the most important factors, I would say. Yeah, just because that should be like the base level that everyone is playing at with a poker face. Okay. Because otherwise people, um, you know, like myself who are fairly attuned to certain um, human behaviors while playing poker will be able to pick up on certain things like handshaking, like uh, looking at their your cards too much or looking at the board too much like it for example like if you have um three three of a kind like you have two queens and there's a queen on the board and you keep looking at the queen that's probably a sign that i see so the best poker face to yeah just have a completely neutral expression yeah and not look at anything in particular would you say your theatrical background and your background in improv has helped you with both your poker face and seeing other people's tell yeah, I think the biggest thing would probably be my poker face. It's helped me with. And if, I, it, you know, for example, if you're in a hand and someone starts talking to you, sure. I'll, I'll be fairly comfortable talking to them and, and but still in a way maintaining a poker face because I'm not going to give away any hints in the way I'm talking and just naturally have a conversation, which is kind of, you know, something you do in improv. Of course. looking Making a conversation seem natural that you're actually, you know, trying to really expertly craft at the same time can you tell us what a tell is um yeah and so I purposely <laughs> worded it that way because i thought it was kind of cool. yeah 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 exactly so tell uh tells um basically certain behaviors movements that you can pick up on that kind of tip you off so uh, actually uh i would say a more advanced tell is an interesting one uh for example, you have someone who's somewhat decent at poker. They've learned, okay. they've studied it a little bit more than the average person. So when they're bluffing, which is, of course, when you make a bet and your hand is actually garbage, um, <laughs> uh, some of these players might actually go do a poker face, but their poker face is such that they stare at their opponent. So if ever I'm faced with someone who makes a big bet, and then has a completely neutral face, but is staring into my soul, like trying to tell me, like, look how strong I am. Right. That to me is a tell that they're actually weak and they're oh. bluffing and they're trying to compensate or overcompensate for it. So wow. that, that's probably one of the most interesting tells I've encountered because it's kind of counterintuitive. Sure. Yeah. I once played a poker dealer on a show called Flashpoint, oh, yeah. and one of the Actually, I played it on two shows. I played it on Flashpoint and on The Listener. And one of those shows, I was dealing, and there was actually a, a professional high-stakes poker, famous poker player at the table, and I don't oh, remember yeah. his name. Oh, he was a French, <laughs> French-Canadian gentleman. Oh, probably Jonathan Duhamel? I think perhaps. so. Yeah, I think it was. Because he won the World Series of Poker but once from it Quebec. Was, yeah. It was him. Thank you. <laughs> and he told me that he lives in Vegas now because mm-hmm. I guess he plays so much, or at the time he lived in Vegas. Yeah. And he would be invited to games in the home. And one of the people he loved playing with was Celine Dion's <laughs> husband at the time, oh, yeah. Rene Angelil, mm-hmm. because he would bet big 
and wasn't a great poker player. <laughs> so I found that story. I always found it very charming. And he said lovely things about him, of course, yeah, but he was course. like, it was just great to play with another French Canadian in mm. Vegas, Vegas. Yeah. and play the game that he loves. Yeah, and of course, Celine Dion is very big in Vegas as well. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> I think she was, <laughs> she was performing there at the time. Yeah. Like she was had a residency at Caesars Palace. Right, yeah. Speaking of Vegas, do you enjoy playing poker in casinos? Yeah. Uh, there's. It's I, a different game, though, in a casino yeah. than when you're playing at a table in someone's home, would yeah. you say? Yeah, or at one of like the sort of like underground, quote unquote, like, clubs that you could go to as well because it's a lot more regulated which for me is often peace of mind sure um and yeah it just feels a bit more glitzy a bit more glamour to it um and of course you get more people who are just probably there to gamble right which is as a poker player if you're trying to make some money that session you're pretty excited when someone comes over who looks a little <laughs> intoxicated or looks like they're just played a lot of blackjack and are ready to gamble. Fair. Uh, yeah, so so it's a lot of fun. And just the whole experience of being a, in a casino is, is fun. But, you know, sure. I, I like to stay away from the <laughs> slot machines and the, uh, you know, roulette and whatnot. So your game of chance at the casino is definitely poker. Yeah. Oh, and But I do quite like blackjack as well. But blackjack. that you kind of turn off your like strategy brain and just be like okay the best i can get it to is slightly under 50 50 chance to right make money so you just accept it and just go along for the ride what do you do if dealer has in blackjack Mm -hmm. or 21 dealer has a face card yeah and you've got 17 oh yeah you, you always stand that's right. That's what. That's the house strategy, right? Yeah. And that's the strategy that I also use. Although you can hit on a soft 17 just to go more. <laughs> and what does a soft 17 mean for anyone who's listening who might not know what that means? Yes. Yeah, that means uh, when you have an ace, because an ace can be either uh, a one or an 11. If you have it in combination with a six, that, that makes it a soft 17 because right now it's either 17 or it's actually just seven. And therefore, if you take a card that yeah. happens to be a higher card, you're not going to bust on 17 because yeah, exactly. you can transform that 17 into a 7. Fair yeah. to say? Yeah. Yeah. So they're a nice little like pillow. And uh, and it's also good when you're facing a face card because that's most likely the dealer has a very strong hand. Uh, you know, you want to try to improve your hand there and get a little bit up closer to 21. What do you do when you have two aces and you're playing backtrack? Uh you split those suckers. Always, well, always <laughs> split the aces. Yeah. Uh, explain what that is. And I should mention, I studied to be a blackjack dealer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, tell us about splitting aces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You just, uh, you get to put down a second bet that's equal to the first bet you made and then physically take the two aces and move them apart. And now you have two hands and each ace gets dealt another card. Usually at casinos, it's just... You get dealt one card on one each card ace and one and done yeah. kind of thing. So you could, if, you, if you're if you dealt a face card. You get 21. You got 21. And that's why it's you always split them because there's a lot two of chances. cards that equal 10. Right. And you've got two chances in that moment yeah. to get 21. Yeah. And every time I've split aces, <laughs> at least one of them has hit blackjack. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So basically, in across a lot of games, having two aces is a good thing. Sure. <laughs> Always. Is, or is the best thing to get, I would say. Yeah. Other than blackjack, I guess, in blackjack. But 
Yeah. Two aces is a, is a great hand, a great thing across the board. Do you ever buy insurance at the table when you're playing blackjack? Uh, no. I, I, I've learned that Oh, this is a good. Yeah. This is a good tip from Alex. <laughs> yeah. Trude. Okay, tell Can't, us. Not going to get sponsored by any casinos. No, no, no. But, yeah. It's all good. But tell us about insurance and why you don't buy insurance. And I should say we're talking about insurance at blackjack, yeah. not <laughs> house insurance or car insurance. Yeah, that you should probably buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So insurance is. I forget the exact rules, but I think if the dealer's showing an ace, right. Uh, which means, of course, there's a good chance they have a blackjack because they only need some type of face card to have a blackjack at that point. You or can, a 10. Yeah, or a 10. Oh, no, is 10 considered? Yeah. It is considered. Yeah, it's 10 and all the face and cards. And all the face cards. So basically you're allowed to put an amount, I think, half your bet on insurance. And should that person have, the dealer rather, have blackjack, you would lose your bet, of course, because you lose the hand, but you would get paid on your insurance bet which essentially means you would break even on the hand. However, if the dealer doesn't have a blackjack, you lose your insurance bet and you keep your regular bet. Uh, yeah, so what I learned from statistics, uh, <laughs> from like a website on statistics. This is great. Insider is, information. Yeah, is that it's actually essentially a sucker bet, a, a bet that will lose you money in the long run, like no matter what, like unequivocally... There, it, you should never do insurance. There you go. <laughs> okay, so since we're in the world of casinos, I want to talk about two casino games that I've discovered and loved. Okay. One of which is a classic casino game, and one of which is a more modern casino game. Which do you want to hear first? Uh, let's do the classic. Okay, the classic is roulette. Mm. Have you ever played roulette? I once played roulette. Okay. I, I've, I've observed it being played many times. But yeah. So here's what I love about roulette. And I, I'm going to be quite frank with our listeners. I only play if it's a low stakes table. Yeah. Which means I was in Vegas and we were at a casino and it wasn't one of the casinos right on the strip. Mm. It was a holiday inn that was just off the strip behind, I want to say, Harrah's. And they had a, oh, what do you call it when you get drinks at half price? Um a happy hour? How, they had a happy hour, thank you, mm. table happy hour, where all their table <laughs> games were like half price. So oh. the minimum bet was, I believe it was $5 on the table. So okay, you just yeah. had to have $5 anywhere on the table, right? which is great because that means you can spread your chips around and not have a lot of money at stake, right? Yeah. You just you, If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose $5, right? Yeah. So that gives you the opportunity to throw chips just about everywhere, <laughs> depending on. So I was throwing chips here, there, and everywhere, and, you know, betting on numbers, betting on odds, betting on color, and and letting it and letting things ride, right? Yeah. And, Alex, when you play that way <laughs> with no care in the world, there's a good chance your chips will start to pile. And it's yeah. a really exciting game because when it hits your number. Yeah, you get paid so much. And you could be sharing that number with someone else at the table, so you yeah. both get excited. <laughs> and you know, if you put, I'm sure you know, but I'm just saying, if you, if for our listeners, if you put the chip, let's say between two numbers. So if you've got three, and I want to say like twelve next to each other, and you put that chip on the line, yeah, if it lands on three or twelve, you get half what you would if it landed on yeah. three, and your chip was on three. And if you put the the chip 
on the four corners of 3, 4, 12, and 13. Now, I don't know if those numbers coincide, yeah, so I don't want people <laughs> to be like, it's actually 18. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You get a quarter of whatever that lands on. Right, yeah. So when you start to play like that, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So we would play the happy hour every day. Nice. Except I didn't realize that on Fridays it wasn't a happy hour. So I was playing with $20 on the table, oh. thinking that my chips were a representative of five. Oh, no. And I couldn't understand why I had so few chips to start with. Yeah. But then I started to accumulate chips, and I was like, oh, this is great, right? And I was like, so I, at some point I said, oh, how much was that I had bet on that, on, on you know, black 17? And yeah. she's like, oh, that was a $75 bet. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, you had so many chips. I go, but I thought they were, I thought it was a $5, $5 table. table. I thought yeah. those chips, and she goes, oh, no, today's not happy hour. And I was like, <laughs> what's happy hour just, for me? <laughs> what, what did I just know? No, I lost oh. 75 on that one bet thinking I had put maybe, oh, yeah. maybe $15, 15 yeah. on it, but it was actually a lot more. So always beware of when you're playing a card table. Uh, a roulette table, what you're putting uh, down. Any yeah, card game, actually. Uh, yeah, that's too bad because I was going to say it'd be great if you had won like, you know, $100 or whatever, oh playing like that. And then the moral of the story would be, yeah, sometimes you just need to play <laughs> with, you know, your money like they're just chips and that's it. And, yeah. you know, just have fun and it'll work out. But, yeah, no. Wild this case. <laughs> yeah, how do, you, how do you sort that out with your chips when you're playing? Do you look at them as a monetary value or do you look at them as if they're chips? And don't have so much uh, riding on them. Yeah, no, definitely the latter. Yeah, I just, yeah, it just becomes easier to rationalize uh, your play or deal with the certain strategies and whatnot uh, of your play when you just think of it as chips. And, you know, it's money at the beginning when you buy in and then at the end when you cash out, then it's money again. But during that time, it's best to think of it as just as chips. That's another great tip. Yeah. Um, Now, the more modern game that I've played at a casino recently is War. Have you ever played War at a casino? I haven't played it myself, but again, yeah, I've seen it being played. It looks fun. (laughs) It's fun, and I can't help but think your odds are pretty good because it's one-to-one, whoever draws the card. Yeah. And it's just a game I remember playing as a kid. Yeah. So getting to play it at the casino, (laughs) a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Favorite casino you've been to? Uh, so far, I mean, I would say the Montreal Casino. Casino de Montréal is really nice. It's, ve- it's very glitzy. It, it used to be the old, oh boy, I, I, I can never remember if it was a French pavilion or American pavilion at okay. the ex- during the expo. In 67. Yeah, in 67. Sure. Uh, but they remodeled it, and it's like really fancy looking. It's definitely... One of the nicer ones in Canada, I think. I haven't been to that one yet. I went to the one in Halifax. Oh, yeah? And I went to the ones here, in, a, a bunch here in Ontario. Yeah. Like Falls View and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's at, in, in Niagara Falls. Yeah. But I do love certain casinos in mm. Las Vegas. Well, yeah, I haven't been yet, and I'm sure my favorite casino is somewhere in there. <laughs> okay, so which casino would you want to play poker in and then I'm going to ask you Blackjack. Which, okay. Of all the casinos in Vegas, what would be your first choice to play in? Uh, probably the Venetian. Be, uh, or, yeah, that or uh, the Bellagio. Okay, why those two? Um, so the Venetian, I just heard 
you know, looking on blogs and forums and whatnot, that it's just a, a really nice poker room. Sure. And the players there aren't too intimidating. Like, in general, like, the crowd it attracts is pretty, um, you know, no one really good, no one really bad, but, you know, it, it's a fun time. Where Whereas the Bellagio is a really nice casino and therefore attracts, I think, higher roller players or okay. like better players. So I think probably the Venetian, just as a beginner uh, to Vegas poker, at least, I sure. would play there. And, and also I just like the theme of Venice because I'm a really big fan of Italy as like a travel destination sure. in general, yeah. Okay, so where is the place you would most want to play blackjack in Vegas? Uh, I would think the Bellagio then okay. would play blackjack just because it's glitzier, nicer, and you're just playing against the house, so that's kind of always true no matter what casino you go to so yeah just to check out the Bellagio my experience my experience having been to Vegas a couple of times um, was I found Alex that oftentimes the casino you don't expect to win money in Mm -hmm. is the casino you (laughs) win money in so for example Treasure Island (laughs) is not necessarily a casino that I would be like Let's all go to Treasure Island and have a great time, mainly because of what you said. It's not a themed casino that speaks to me. Yeah. Pirates and stuff like that. It's just not my my thing. Whereas I have friends who, I had a friend who got married there, and that's why we went there, and it was wonderful, right? Hmm. Okay. Um, So it depends on your theme, right? What what speaks to you. But I won 60 bucks (laughs) on one pull at a slot machine while oh, I was wow. waiting for my wife in the bathroom <laughs> to come out of the, the bathroom. I was like, let me, let me just throw in it. And it, it on one pull with one, I, I want to say coin. I think it, I think I had a coin at that time. I won 60 bucks and I was so happy. So <laughs> for me, Treasure Island will always have a sweet spot in my heart. Yeah. But my favorite place to play blackjack was actually the Wynn Hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a nice place And I too. thought it would be Caesars because I just thought mm. that there's something about Caesars Palace that is like, you know, nostalgic and, you know, you think the Rat Pack, you think Sinatra, yeah. you think things like that. You think of gambling. I just think of gambling mm. with Caesars and I had no luck in Caesars. I didn't yeah. have a great time. But then I was at the win and I was like, oh, let's just play a couple rounds at this table. Yeah. And I had such a great time and I and I won some money, nothing grand. But enough that I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the win. Nice. Yeah, and they have a nice poker room too there. I think it's in the Encore now or something, but that's one that a lot of poker players highlight as being nice too. Yeah. Do you have a favorite professional poker player? Uh, or yeah. celebrity? You know how there's those yeah. celebrity poker? Yeah, yeah. Do you watch those too? Yeah, some, uh, yes. In terms of celebrity poker, Don Cheadle is actually a pretty good poker oh. player. And he's a lot of fun on those and on those uh, shows, sure. celebrity poker. and. Same with Kevin Hart, also plays a lot of poker, like recently, actually. Right. And obviously he's hilarious with his table talk or, uh, well, that's what they call it, like in poker when you're trying to talk to players and try to get an edge on them by throwing them off their game or what have you. Uh, and favorite poker player is probably good old Toronto born and raised, uh, Daniel Negreanu, uh, who's uh, like a Canadian icon and also just a poker icon in general. Sure. Or a Canadian poker icon, I should say. Uh, And I think a Canadian icon as well. He has a great uh, documentary about him on Netflix, actually, uh, about his story. Because, yeah, yeah, it's just really interesting to see someone at the top 
uh, who is from the same city you're from. It's really interesting in talking about spots that he used to go to uh, downtown. Like, hey, I know that place. You That's know? awesome. Um, yeah, and he's just famous for his his table talk, his table banter, and whatnot, and just be re- a really eccentric uh, individual. And he's just like ton of fun to watch. Do you enjoy table talk? Yeah, uh, I I definitely enjoy it. I usually don't participate in it when I'm playing against you know tougher players I'd say just in general at the casino but when I'm with my friends yeah we table talk each other and say crazy stuff and show each other our hands in the middle of a hand and like when we're all in let's say I just show my hand like this is what I got so you make your decision you clearly have this this or that yeah well I'll say this Alex I really enjoyed our table talk today (laughs) here on the Insomnia Project thank you for being a guest yeah thank you Marco for having me it's a lot of fun as is a lot of table games, but with every game that you might play, exercise caution with your gambling. Yeah. And if you need to, speak to someone who is involved in, uh, you know, gambling associations that can help you if you get into uh, problems with that. Yeah. On the other side, I want to thank you for listening to the Insomnia Project. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Dramacast Productions, and this particular episode was recorded in our hometown of Toronto, Canada. (laughs)